Hey everybody, my name is Justin Phillips and you are about to listen to my interview with Jeremiah Sullivan on JRP Daily. Jeremiah is a leadership coach running his own online leadership coaching business. He's the author of The Whole Man Project, which is a book that was circulating with David Goggins and Jocko Willing for a while. So it's a pretty like legitimate book. And he's also spent a good deal of his life in the U.S. Army. Now, Jeremiah has some unbelievable advice to give and he's going to share a lot of it with us in this episode. And towards the end of this episode, we are doing a little giveaway for everyone that makes it that far in the episode. So what I want you to do is sit back, relax, and learn how you can conquer your life from Jeremiah Sullivan. You're listening to JRP Daily, where each day, host Justin Phillips will bring you a new topic surrounding entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. You'll also get exclusive interviews from our guests who have all found a way to turn doing what they love into their career. Stay tuned for all of that and more on JRP Daily. So guys, this is Jeremiah, Jeremiah Sullivan. And uh, Jeremiah is spelled with an A. That throws me off every time I try to like find you on something or like email you. And I have to spell that with an A. Like, did you get a lot of that growing up? <laughs> uh, yeah, I always have to correct people, but um, <laughs> it makes it easy to remember once you identify it. So, yeah, J E R A M I A H. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, you know, that's more like how it sounds, but it's just weird. It throws me off every yeah. single time. So, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself to the audience here? Because I do that now, where I have people introduce themselves instead of me trying to do it. Because you know more about you than I do. So, sure, give um, it a shot. Okay, uh, so. My one-liner is uh, I'm a small-town kid that transformed himself into becoming a leader, coach, voracious reader, author. I, I'm a currently an active-duty company commander right now for an infantry company, but I also have a company outside of that, which is Conquer Academy. It's a coaching service that I provide, so I do both of those. Um, that's me in a nutshell, and I grew up in a small town in Northern California, um, without a whole lot of context for the world. We lived very sheltered, if you will, kind of lived off the land. My dad did a lot of hunting. I grew up bear hunting with him and then uh, worked my way through high school, got really fed up at life. And at that point, I just started pursuing some different things. And, and we can get into the specifics, but um, that changed my trajectory through, through countless failures. I, uh, I found special operations and um, ended up becoming a leader in the 75th Ranger Regiment and had a phenomenal time, manifested my dream through just the relentless pursuit of, of, you know, just achievement. And I recently got back from a deployment, uh, this, this last November, when I got back from that deployment, I started my company Conquer Academy, which is one-on-one -on -one coaching. So that's what I do now. Yeah. That's very awesome. So yeah, I do want to talk uh, quite a bit probably about your, just your experience in the military in the in the army right your sure. army and um because that is something i first of all need to learn more about like i just don't know much about the army and how that kind of works when people go through it i know i know a bunch of people actually a bunch of my friends from high school are in the army now um i just recently interviewed one of my former professors from school who it my one of my law professors who was also in the army and i I do like talking to people about their army experiences or their military experiences in general because it's a it's a lot of good stuff and I just don't know how it works. You said you you said you work for an infantry company now. What do you do? Like what is what does an infantry company do? What is the service being provided there? Yeah, um, well, just to kind of shape 
the my experience that I've had so far. Um, when I initially came in, I, you have two choices, three choices in the army. You can be enlisted, you can be yeah. uh, an officer, or you can be a warrant officer. And typically, you have to have a degree. Um, the guys with degrees are, are officers, right? When yeah. I first came in, I didn't have a degree. I dropped out of college, and I enlisted as an engineer. So I did civil engineer type of work. And then um, I didn't really know much about the military, kind of like yourself. I just knew that I was tired of the way I was living and I wanted to get out of that situation. So I dropped out of college, joined the, uh, joined the army. And through that process, I, I discovered the different options available. And um, in that pursuit, I applied for the army's green to gold program, which is a program to switch you from enlisted to officer. Uh, I qualified and then I went on to earn my uh, commission as an infantry officer. So an infantry um, infantry and aviation are probably the two toughest branches to get into in the army. And, um, I was very proud of being able to pursue that and accomplish that achievement. So that brought me into the infantry. And then through that process, I served as a platoon leader at 25th infantry division in Hawaii. And then I went on to serve as a platoon leader in the 75th ranger regiment. I was a, a platoon leader there the entire time I was at the ranger regiment and, uh, that's a special operations organization for those that are unfamiliar. Yeah. Um, so I did that and then it was required for me to come back to the conventional force and serve my time as an infantry company commander. So as an infantry company commander right now, I have 120 guys underneath my command. It's made up of three platoons of about 40 people, 30 to 40 people, uh, soldiers per platoon. All these are infantrymen and their primary job is to win the nation's wars. That's what, that's what our job is. Yeah. Uh, but whatever means possible is whether it's by ground maneuver, um, you know, mechanized maneuver, it doesn't matter. We're charged with winning the nation's wars. So every day we train in some capacity to achieve that. So how did you, how did you get up to the point uh, where you are now? Kind of where, where is the, uh, it's like the corporate ladder of the army, I guess. But how did you, like, where did you start and what were the ranks you went up through throughout the whole time in the army? Yeah. So I came in, I mentioned before that I dropped out of college, you know, I, I uh, failed at being a high school and college wrestler, and that put me into a path that everybody else was doing. And um, I came home after my second semester, and I walked in on this this giant party at 2 p.m., and I said, hey, screw this, I'm going to enlist. So I had two semesters of college under my belt this time, and I uh, came in as a private, private first class, because I had some college credits, so the recruiter bumped me up a, a rank. Um, so that's it's you know, on the enlisted side, you have a scale of E1 through E9, which is, you know, private through Sergeant Major of the Army. And uh, on the officer side, you know, you have the same same type of ladder. So I came in as an E3, as a private first class. And then when I applied to the Army's Green to Gold Scholarship Program, I was a specialist. Then I got promoted to corporal, and I got out, spent about a year as an E5, uh, which was a sergeant. And then I went on to earn my commission. Uh, from there, I was a second lieutenant. I went through all my training, my basic officer's course requirements as a second lieutenant, and then served as a platoon leader, as a second lieutenant, first lieutenant, and when I got the 75th Ranger Regiment, I was a lieutenant, and then I earned the rank of captain. Um, so I did that for several years, and now I'm currently a captain. A couple more years, and I'll, I'll earn the rank of major. Yeah, yeah, that's really awesome. So that that's like, that's your job, basically, right now, day in and day out, is whatever role you play in that infantry company I already forget what you said but yeah, company commander is the, um is is the officer in charge of all the 120 guys underneath the command so yeah. it's um 
there's a lot of parallels to the corporate world. If you think about it, it's like the CEO of the company, you, you know, you come in, I have my daily meetings. Um, I have weekly meetings and then I have uh, managers underneath me that, you know, are in charge of their prospective wow. platoons that are all platoon leaders. So they all mm -hmm. carry out the guidance that I give them. But, but really, you know, our organization is, it's built on bottom up refinement. So I'm just course correcting. That's my job is to okay. course correct and make sure that I'm facilitating the vision and keeping everybody going towards yeah. the direction that we all want to go. And so that's, that's the core of it. And at our company's, you know, principle, our guiding principle, which I actually got from Andy Frisella is Arte. Okay. So my, my company's motto is Arte. We believe in everything, you know, treating excellence with yeah. everything. And so that's, that's what we do above all else. When you have lack of guidance and, and you don't know what to do next, perform with Arte and just figure out what to do. And that's the guiding principle you live by. Yeah. That's really awesome. And, uh, anyone listening to this, that listened to the, uh, the interview I did with Vaughn got to hear a lot about Arte and what that actually means, uh, to begin with. So, and if they haven't, they can go check it out whenever. My phone's out over here. So what was I just going to ask you? So, well, let's transition more into Conquer Academy. How'd you, or why, let's say, why did you uh, start doing that? When did you decide to start doing that? And what was the inspiration to do Conquer aside from all of this army? Yes. So I have a, a pretty big plate for my nine to five, but something that I've discovered over the years is helping people really fulfills me. It gives me tons of energy. I'm one of those people that I don't do well when things are stagnant. I like pressure and so I got to this point in my army career where I felt pretty good about my personal achievements and I wanted to do more to help people. And, um, you know, I started working through that, figuring out my strengths, my weaknesses, how can I contribute? What, where's my experience lie? And I channeled all that into Conquer Academy. So this is my way of, of stepping into something that I'm very passionate about, which is helping people. And it's a way of applying all the experience I've, I've gained in the military and then really just what I've gained through trial and error starting from a small town kid in the middle of nowhere in California into doing some pretty, pretty cool and phenomenal things. Yeah. yeah that's really cool. You're, it's just coaching. Is that, is it all one-on-one -on -one coaching from you? Has it? Yeah. So the way my, my coaching program works is I, I'm starting small with what I mean is niche, very niche. I, I focus on achievers yeah. that want to become better leaders for themselves and for the people around them. Yeah. Um, I work with athletes. I work with government employees like law enforcement. Um, I also work with some fitness professionals and some corporate uh, individuals. But the idea is to teach them, show them how to lead their life instead of accepting it. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's the core of what it is. But yeah, it's it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. A lot of coaching programs right now are group coaching, which can get kind of frustrating when you only get 10 minutes to speak in this thing, this high value target yeah. or excuse me, a high ticket offer program that you're in. So I'm bringing something new to the table. I'm doing one-on-one -on -one coaching and you know, it's working with those individuals to help them be better, lead better lives. How are you, how are you scheduling that with clients? How often do you, like how often do you do a call with one particular client? Is it like a weekly thing for them or is it, how does that work logistically? Yes. So I have a book called the whole man project, which I send to all my clients and that's really the course material, if you will. And so they use that, they read through it. And then we meet once a week where we discuss things from that book. And then I give them homework 
um, according to the current problems that they're facing. And I adapt my coaching program to those struggles. So um, the first, I use a three-phase system that I call war, wake up, attack the process, and rebuild. Uh, it's got a little bit of a military undertone in there, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> but I take people through that process through one-on-one -on -one coaching, just like we're meeting right now, me and you. Yeah. I sit with all my clients. Most of my coaching is done either in the evenings or on the weekends. Well, and yeah. Um, yeah, just to prevent any, any conflict and stuff. Yeah. And then, so I use that. I post a lot on Instagram. So all my content on Instagram becomes coaching material. So if there's a question that strikes home with the client, they get to text me about it. Hey, could you elaborate on this? And I, and I, I basically use those tools to help build them into a new character. Um, and I do that all in 12 weeks. That's the core of my, my program right now. And I love your Instagram, dude. I think you're doing very well with it. And um, I haven't looked at your numbers and analytical side of that to see how much you've been growing since I started following you or anything like that. But I do think that you're someone that people should be following. So just plug real quick. I, I believe it is just, it's just at Jeremiah Sullivan, right? Yeah. So it's Again. just name, Jeremiah name. is J-E-R-A because he's going to screw you up with that. But other than that, it's mostly how it sounds. Jeremiah Sullivan. So like go follow him and you can see his videos of him running with his dog all the time, which is just totally awesome. Yes. Yeah. So I dedicate my Instagram to, I try to, I try to educate and entertain um, is the core of it. But I believe in giving practical tools to people, stuff that you can actually apply because there's all these self-help books and self-development books that just get you all amped up and don't teach you how to apply the information. So yeah. I'm trying to disrupt that because I've used it and I've, I've been there and trying to, you know, piece the stuff together. And now I'm given the practical tools. And uh, so I put a lot of time into Instagram to help people out free content and I'm getting a lot of traction recently. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm up like a hundred followers a week at this point, yeah. which is it's doing pretty yeah, well. That's, that's yeah, that's really awesome. And um, have you been through like a lot of self-help books or courses or just even free content on Instagram? Like, were you, was that a result of you seeing a lot of it and using it and then kind of getting a little fed up with it and then saying, okay, I'm going to do something myself or did your, did you just kind of come out of nowhere saying, all right, Conquer Academy, let's go. No. So, um, 2014 is when I got, was, was the, I guess the next chapter of me getting fed up. Um, I got denied a loan for a house. I tried to buy a home in Hawaii. And I was told no, and I got really pissed off about it. And when you tell me I can't do something, I find a way to yes. do it. So um, I, I said, okay, you know what? Money will never be an obstacle in my life again. I'm going to figure out how to be stone cold wealthy. And yeah. I got on the internet. I, I remember I typed in youngest billionaires on, on Google, right? <laughs> and I was like, okay, these guys all believe in tech or these guys, these guys inherited their money. I was like, all right, let me try millionaires. So I did this for like a couple of days. And then I, I came to the conclusion that, that the thread that they all had in common was they read a book a week. Right. Wow. I, was, okay. I was like, okay, so wealthy people read. And up until this point, I had never read a full book from cover to cover. <laughs> like, like ever college. I didn't, I skimmed, I read cliff notes, yeah. high school, same thing, which is amazing. And that, that's a whole nother thing in itself. I had some reading issues when I was a kid, but anyway, so I, I have this, this failure and I get, I get mad. And I'm like, screw this. And a trigger goes off and I read 42 books in 52 weeks after learning that about the super successful. And three of those months I was, it was actually nine months that I did that achievement yeah. because I went to Fort Irwin in California and I didn't have 
for some military stuff and I didn't have access to any right. books. So really I did, you know, 42 books in, in nine months and um, my whole world started changing. Right. So I started reading a lot about you know, self-development, Tony Robbins, you know, I, you name it. I found Andy Frisella's podcast yes. um, and, and I was just an animal and I still am. I'm a, I'm a voracious <laughs> reader. I just consume information. Yeah. And um, so I, that started it in 2014. So I have, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours of study in this field. And I started seeing some really significant results. And um, at the same time, all this is culminating into me wanting to have more impact. So I said, you know what, I'm going to share what I know on Instagram to help out the people that can't afford coaching. And then I'm going to start this coaching company, Conquer Academy, to help people that can and um, just start building, you know, brick by brick. That's really cool. So you're still, you're still reading a book. Every, how do you, like, what books are you reading? That It's not that I'm, I'm I have such a long list of books I want to read right now. And I'm just not getting through them as quickly as I'd like to be because yeah. of school. Like, let's just be frank. It gets in the fucking way. But um, like, I can't imagine these people that read a book a week or you just hear like the one, you know, there's some of those super nuts that try to do a book a day. It's like, how do they keep finding books to read? And I just so what I would say is the first the first issue is you got to be deliberate about what you're reading. The question you should ask yourself is, what skills do I want to gain? Okay. And then seek out those books yeah. because a lot of people what they do is they get inspired by a book, and then they gravitate towards that, and that's just a yeah. positive distraction. So what yeah. you should be reading for is a purpose. So every time I pick up a book, I you know put my hand on it, and I'm like, why am I reading this book? And now all of a sudden that'll snap me in, that'll put me in focus mode and I'm looking for specific information. So that's, that's the first thing is being deliberate because you're not going to be able to read all the books in the world, right? You, like, <laughs> you the most important ones, then that's the ticket. Um, so that's, that's the first thing. Um, next to that is, you know, if you're, I was, used to, I used to be a really slow reader. So yeah. I would just try to get, I would just focus on the habit, right? So if it was one sentence, one paragraph, one page, didn't matter as long as I was executing every single day at the same time that I said I was. And then I just stack up wins and reset, try to expand that. Yeah. Um, so I would start there. And then the books that I'm reading now are tailored towards the skills that I want to develop. You know, I, I've, I read a lot of biographies about great people. I just finished Michael Jordan's book. That one was really good. That was like a 600 page book, page book. I'm reading uh, the leader's bookshelf right now which is a great book, uh, Champion's Mind. That one's a phenomenal book as well. So those are some of the things I'm reading. That's very awesome. What, what would you say is the best book that you've read? Uh, <laughs> tough question. Um, <laughs> I know it is. Yeah, I would say you narrow the focus. What field? Any, anything, something that changed my life? Is that, is that the kind of the take of it? Yes. Okay, let's say the most, yeah, basically the most impactful one. Like what has actually made the most realistic change to you would you say or shaped your mind the most the first one that comes to mind is carol dweck's book mindset she writes about the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset oh yeah and that one changed my perspective a lot because i grew up thinking that i was dumb and i was fixed to that mind yeah. and i learned through that book that the stuff that society has taught me and the people around me is not true and yeah. I've completely changed my life. So that book has been huge. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that, that would probably open up your mind quite a bit. And um, yeah, I mean, books have that effect on people. How long ago was it actually that you started this whole process of reading all the time and 
I mean, basically, how long ago was it that you got turned down for that loan? I guess is what I'm asking. But like, yeah, you know. that, that was 2014. Right. But, so you know, my, my whole life, you know, is I, I don't when I go in on something, I go all in. That's why yeah. all of a sudden I'm doing podcasts. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, like this shit is unreal what I'm doing with this company, Comp Academy, and it's because yeah. I don't I don't mess around. So when I started in 2014, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm gonna read a book. It was like, I'm going to read every single book. Like I Tony <laughs> Robbins, you name it. I've read it, man. And, yeah. uh, and it's not just about reading it. Like I've applied every single thing and, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. What I'm trying to do is the listeners, if you're, if you're into reading, you can have all the information in the world. If you don't do anything with it, it's empty. So yeah. when I'm, when I look at books, I look at people the same way, they're full of nuggets, right? If it's like panning for gold, which I've done, I've actually panned for gold when I was in California, wow. when I was a kid, you know, I talked about, we used to live off the land and <laughs> you're panning for gold and you're hoping for that one piece that's going to change your whole world. Right. Yeah. And if you find it, even it's fool's gold, you, your perspective changes everything. Yeah. Changes. And you start thinking, well, holy shit, I can capable of this. I could do this. Well, books and people are the same way. They all have those nuggets and that's what I look for in them. And I, and I think that as a listener, you know, if you guys are looking for, stuff to help you in, in the realm of peak performance, be deliberate about what you're reading and look for that nugget. Yeah. So are there, are, are there any books that you try to avoid as opposed to just when I, when I ask you about finding them, you know, you gave a good, good answer as to how to find ones that you should be reading. Is there any ways, are there any signs of what you should not be reading or what you shouldn't kind of spend your time on to make sure that you're spending your time reading useful things? Um, Man, not, no, I would say that if you're choosing between, you know, not reading and reading <laughs> something that's probably not that good for you, I would still say read the read, thing that's read, not that good yeah. for you. Like read anyway, because it, it expands your context, you understand? Yeah. But I just don't waste your time. Like, like, and also don't take books so seriously. I think people take books too seriously. They, they pick it up and they're like, if I don't need to read every single word in this book from front to back, like it doesn't count. And, and no, it's not the case. Like, did you get the information? Yeah. Did it make an impact on your life? Like, that's what really matters. Yeah. yeah. Like no one's testing you on it. I think it's basically the, it just, I think that's why so many people get turned away from reading is because they grow up in school where you have those, there's like, I don't, I don't know if schools like across the country had this, my elementary school sure as hell did where we had to read, like we had the AR system, which was like a book, all the books in the library had like a little sticker on them that were color coded to different like levels, like orange yeah. was like a, a kindergarten level book and blue was like a fourth grade level book and like everywhere in between. And they'd have a number on it from like zero to like 30 or something basically. And uh, we had an AR reading system which was just a thing on the computer. It stood for accelerated reader. And what it was, was like, you had to read, you had to read books that were your color and you, you were supposed to get a certain amount of points by the end of the year is what that little number was on the book. So there'd be like half point books and there'd be like 25 point books and, you know, you'd read it and you'd get tested on. And if you passed, you got so many points and however many points you racked up determined like all these different incentives and stuff like that. But like, I think we grew up with the mindset that when we're reading something, we have to memorize the information and that like someone's going to ask us about it later. And then once you kind of grow up and you learn to read for enjoyment, like literally for enjoyment, you realize that it, you can, you can almost passively read things. It's like watching something on the TV without, you know, putting all your focus into it, but you still kind of pick up what's going on. You can do the same thing in a book. You could just read it through. If you 
feel like zoned out for a page or something. I do that all the time. I have huge reading comprehension issues where I just, my brain thinks about seven different things at once. I'll still yeah, subconsciously read a page. and It's because you're not reading fast enough. And that's what school, school teaches us. School doesn't teach us to read fast enough. I had the same issues when I was growing up. It's because your imagination works 10, if not 100 times faster than the rate that you can read. <laughs> so the, tr the trick is to, to use, a, use a tracer. Well, there's two, there's two things here. So I believe very much in deliberate reading where you, 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 know, you read slow and you take notes and stuff like that. Like um, I, every morning, part of my morning routine is to, to sit and think about the reading that I'm going to do. So I, I make time for that. And then I'm also, I pick a book for later on in the day where I'm just, it's, it's a little more casual. It's, it's not so much so demanding. I'm not going to focus on people, places, dates, stuff like that. I'm just going to read and understand the concept. Yeah. Um, so there are two different styles of reading. And when, when you, when you have that issue of comprehension, there's some things that you can do. First is I would get involved with Jim quick. Who's a genius. Um, and then the second thing is use a tracer, take notes, have in the back of the book, I do two things. So in the back of the book, I write down key points. So when I, the intent is, I, I know I'm only going to remember 30% of the information in this book. I'll take notes in the back. I'll have a three by five card inside of it to take notes on as well. Yeah. And then the idea is to, to get the information and then come back to that book when I'm struggling with something that is in that field. Right. So it's the, the book is for me to return to. It's not just a one and done thing, but it takes some of the pressure off of reading it perfectly the first, first time through. Anyway. Was, uh, was Jim quick on the Ed Milet show pretty recently? Yeah, he was, you know, I, I, that name sounded familiar. I, I was listening to like the beginning of that podcast because it reminded me of how we were saying at the beginning, he was giving like note taking advice too, and something I thought was very cool for any types of notes that you're taking, not just reading books, but in a, classroom setting or in any setting was to uh basically make the point to make your own notes and like like interpret it yourself you know don't just copy down what you read or anything like that but like write down what it meant basically and that'll help yeah. you a lot more because it makes your brain actually work and makes your brain actually have to focus on what will help, help you the most and that that was a great tool that he used what helps the most is asking yourself how am i going to apply this information yeah. over and over and over again. How am I going to apply it? And then like visually see it in your head. Like if you read a leadership book and then, yeah. and, and, and like uh Bedros Koulian, you know, he talked he, his book, man up was phenomenal. And he talked about his Monday morning emails that he sends and that's great information, but if you don't apply it, it means nothing. So, you know, as you're reading that you're like, Oh man, that's a great idea. You know, you make the note Monday morning comes in, you take action on it. Yeah. So that's the way is to think constantly think about how to apply the information. Yeah. Not only how to apply the information, but if you're going to apply the information is probably a good first question to ask because if you're not, then it probably doesn't matter if you remember it because yeah. why are you reading it? Yeah, it's like so. Yeah, that's that's another great point there. So, oh, what else can we move on to? You uh, you listened to the MFCEO project, as far as I can tell. I'm very proud of that. So that way I could actually talk to someone about it instead of just telling them to listen to it. Yeah. But uh, are you doing the uh, the 75 hard? thing i think i just saw you post it on instagram that you picked it up actually yeah yeah so so 75 hard for those guys that don't know um phenomenal challenge ran by andy frisella that is about stacking up 75 consecutive days of accomplishing five tasks that move that move the needle um they're really not that hard of tasks individually but as a collective whole and across 75 days are pretty hard 
you know, it's uh, drink a gallon of water, do two workouts for 45 minutes. One of them's outside, take a, take a selfie. And, um, what were the other ones? Read 10 pages out of a book. Um, I might be missing one thing there, but yeah. either way, I'm not doing it, but like I have been seeing all sorts of things all over the place. Cause most of my Instagram is just MFCEO people, but, uh, I'll just find it real quick to make sure we hit all those points. But yes, you're doing that. Are you also, are you doing, uh, haven't you been training for like an Ironman or triathlon or something of that nature recently? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So I have a Ironman coming up in, in June that I'm training for be my first one. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, so that was my reason for not doing the 75 hard challenge, you know, right. I was one of the things is two workouts a day at 45 minutes, one of them being outside. Well, I already work out three hours or more a day. And, uh, I was like, you know, doing this challenge is probably going to get in the way of my triathlon cha- uh, training. I, and one of the things was, you know, is, is read 10 pages a day. I'm like, I already read a book a week. Um, but I, but I was missing the point. The point of the challenge is to execute those five simple things perfectly for 75 days in a row, which in itself is really difficult. And I decided that I was just trying to protect myself. You know, my ego was saying, Hey, you don't need to do that. It's not going to be challenging enough. But in reality, I was just worried about failing it. So it took me a day to kind of come to that realization. And then, yeah, I started it. Um, and, uh, I'm hoping to hit it first time, first go all the way through. Yeah. And just, just to clarify on the rules, I think you got them all actually. Uh, one is follow a diet with zero cheat meals for the entirety of 75 days. I don't know why you chose 75 days instead of like 50 or a hundred or 125 or, you know, some random number like 69 days, but like I'll work out twice a day for at least 45 minutes and one has to be outdoors no matter what. <laughs> Just imagine like a hurricane's going to come through somewhere and he's going to be like, no, yeah. uh, gallon of water a day. I don't know how I feel about that one. I think that would have been actually the biggest turnoff, even if I had tried to do this just because, I don't know, gallon of water. That's actually a lot of water. And if it, but also, if you're doing the rest of these, you'll probably need it. Uh, 10, pa- 10 pages of nonfiction personal development book per day and uh, taking a progress pick every single day. So um, it, is, it is pretty simple, which I didn't catch on to until like a couple days into it that I saw people were doing it, that it was just, I thought he was going to do more of like, these are the ground rules. These are five things you have to do every day. And then he was going to come out with like a, a new thing per day each day, like today, do this, today, do this, today, do this. But it's really, it's really simple. It's just do these five things, do them for 75 days. And yeah. so, and really what it's about, man, is it's, it's about increasing your self image and discipline and consistency and the belief in yourself. Like for the listeners, again, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a person that is struggling with your self image or confidence, the best way to improve it is to fulfill the promises you keep to yourself. And, and that's what this thing really does. You know, I was 5'1", 110 pounds, less than that. I was 100 pounds going into my freshman year of high school. I was small. Same. And, um, you know, and, and so, and I came from a small town. So I was very, very timid and didn't have a whole lot of confidence. And the military did the 75 hard for me, right? Yeah. It, it taught me that stuff and me having the personality that I have going all in. Um, yeah. I was, I was able to really capitalize on that. So that's why I encourage people to do the 75 hard challenge is it'll transform how you think of yourself 
and put you at a whole different level and develop an unbreakable mind. So shout out to Andy Purcell mm -hmm. for putting that yeah. thing together. Yeah. Andy is, is the man. Like, I'm just going to keep saying that in every episode of this thing every day, but, uh, it, it's just so true. Love that dude. And, um, so when did you, we'll, we'll talk about this more because you're like, you're like a workhorse now in the gym. You're there all the, all the time. It seems like, and it looks like for anyone that's watching this right now, they can probably see that. I would just say like, I don't go to the gym ever. And I attribute that mostly just because to like, I wouldn't know what to do when I got there. So like, do you have advice for people that might be sitting around thinking, you know, kind of, I want to go. I think I even have the discipline to go, but I just don't know what to do when I walk through the doors. Like, I don't know what machine to walk over to or what person to ask what to do or yeah. anything like that. Like, how do you kind of break through that wall to actually get yourself into a rhythm? Make it tied to your character. So okay. the experience itself, I can give you tons of advice about how to get in a gym, what programs to do, all this stuff. None of that matters, but barrier is that you've discovered something that you're interested in and you're not actioning it because of the this story like oh yeah i don't know really know what to do blah blah, blah. Mm -hmm. so if you make the action if you make the activity about character hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna be the person that steps into something and figures this out and you do that with the gym and you do it repeatedly and now you can do that with other areas of your life it doesn't matter what it is you, you know, I, if you're, if you're a shy person that's not used to speaking in groups, large groups, now you can use that character building tool to that new situation. Yeah. Right. So I would tie the, tie the activity to something bigger. This is more about discipline. This is more about consistency. This is more about me putting myself in a situation where I am uncomfortable so that I can learn how to adapt in that situation. Yeah. It's like the, uh, the whole big domino thing kind of in a way, it's just, it's less about you know, specifically what you're doing and more about how you're going about doing it and kind of growing yourself into just being able to handle situations. And like you said, you know, adapt to almost anything. So I think, I think that's good advice. That's sound advice. So I don't know what else to talk about. Well, who are you? Let's talk about, let's, let's I mean, we can talk on one, one or two more to topics here, but your listeners, who, who's, who's your audience? My audience is basically probably like three people, first of all, because no, but, um, so there's people watching that are just creeping on your page. I've learned that. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that, you know, one of them's probably like, one of them's my mom, <laughs> but, yeah. um, hey, I got the same thing. Don't worry about but, it. But, uh, yeah, basically who this is aimed, you know, sometimes I don't know, cause sometimes I just throw random nuggets in here, but it's mostly, uh, entrepreneurship based. So entrepreneurs and almost anyone that wants to work smarter basically and lead their life a little bit better uh not necessarily in the same sense that you're doing with like conquer academy i wouldn't say it's like achievers trying to really step up and lead but it's just people that want to know how the world works better people that are genuinely interested in learning things yeah so that that's that's uh why you're doing it is to learn yeah. about the world essentially yeah and just share yeah. that information with that's people. a fair thing to do yeah it's, for, it's basically for people that aren't lazy and that want to spend their time being productive instead of, you know, listening to Post Malone and eating chips and watching Netflix all day. Why is that important to you? Uh, because I think it would, well, first of all, the world would just be better off if everybody decided that they would be productive. And also because of, I mean, everything comes back to identity. It's who I am. It's, uh, I've always been a huge, just like, 
kind of nut about time management and uh, learning to manage your time and be the most efficient person that you can be and all all things of that nature. So, and I think uh, one of the big things that I've come to realize pretty recently why I do it too is because I've gotten really sick of noticing that people are lying to themselves a lot of time and I want to just kind of show people the lies they tell themselves like straight up and down. That's what I want to do and kind of break them out of the shell and just make them more aware of what they're doing with their life and what they could be doing with their life and how those things are lining up. Can you give me an example? Uh, Yeah. I mean, one of them, the one I always start with is time. I'm always picking on the uh, good old phrase, you know, I don't have enough time to do this because that's one of the lies that we tell ourselves all the time. So we don't have time to do something because we all have the same amount of time, you know, today or well, this will be later by the time this airs, but the day we're recording this, you know, we all lost an hour out of our day today because of freaking daylight savings time. And just everybody, we all lost that hour. We all have the same amount of time in a day and we all have, obviously with exceptions, relatively the, the same life expectancy, I guess we'll say, all live for about the same amount of time. And some of us are doing, you know, I'm 20 years old. There are 20 years old, a lot farther ahead of me. There are 20 year olds a lot farther behind me. And um, so it's not an issue of time. It's another, uh, another example would be just people telling themselves, just basically people telling themselves they can't do something for whatever reason, excuses pop up, you know, I can't do this because I have this other thing to go to. I want people to start thinking more like I'm choosing what thing I'm going to go to. It's not, I can't do this because I have this. It's I'm choosing to do this instead of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're looking to help people fix time, that's yeah. the problem that they have with time and then what they're, what they're capable of. Is that essentially, do I have that essentially. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, mostly just to, just to bring it out of them to realize that they, that they're in control of their life basically. And that their parents are not deciding how their life goes or shouldn't be anyway. You know, it's not their teachers that decide where their life goes. It's not any other elders or guardians that decide where their life goes. It's, it's ultimately your choice where your life goes. And if you think that your parents or your teachers or your mentors or your siblings or whoever the heck might be influencing you, if you think they're controlling your life, it's really because you're allowing them to control your life. You're controlling the fact that they're controlling your life. Absolutely. This is, you know, this is exactly like I talk about with that three phase system war, the first phase being wake up, like wake, wake up people, like wake, wake up. Right. Um, I, if I were to guarantee to you, to anybody, people listening, that if you focus on one thought for 10 years, that it will manifest itself, what would you choose to think about? And it's kind of something to think about and, and to reflect on. I did that with the military. And that's the reason I was able to serve in the 75th Ranger Regiment and not just serve there, but I like, I used to have these dreams and these ambitions when I was going through the initial stages of training. And through it all, through obsessing over it, that stuff manifested the exact situations that I was seeing in my mind. I'm talking combat. I'm talking laying in the prone, being shot at, the individuals around me, the sequence of event, stuff far before I knew I was even going to make it into special operations. All of that culminated and manifested because I thought about it and obsessed about it so much. And, right. and so if, if the people listening, like you're talking about controlling your time and not being a victim to, to time and the people around you, well, 
I'm going to tell you, you, you will get exactly what you're focused on. If you, if you, if you focus on that one thing for 10 years, yeah. it might come a little bit faster. It might, it might hit you a little bit quicker. It all depends, but I guarantee it. So with that being said, that should take away the victim mentality. And if I think one of the things that you're getting after too is, you know, that the gem that you're looking after in this podcast is time management and it's, it's performance-based stuff. It's a lot of what I'm teaching, which is, um, you know, teaching people how to lead their life. Like stop accepting it. Yeah. Stop. Accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I do think a lot of people need to stop kind of, you get, you get phrases like, Oh, it is what it is. And uh, things like that. And those are, I mean, I can half agree with that because, um, another thing it all breaks down into is things you can control and things you can't control too. Right. Yeah. And part of it is just, first of all, things that you cannot control, just, just let go of. I mean, that's great. Basically how I believe in that, because if you can't control it, then let it happen. If it, you know, you can't control if, you know, the next, the next hurricane or the next natural disaster wipes through your area, you really can, except maybe in the fact that you can get the hell out, but like, <laughs> You can you know, control you the effort, though. Like yeah. You can control all the other stuff. But, like, you just just take your mind off of what you can't control and put it all into what you can. And, first of all, realize what, you know, make the distinction between the two, what you can control and what you can't. Okay, you can control everything you do, how you utilize your time, uh, if you go to school or not. You know, make sure you, you realize what it is that you can control, which is most things, and then control them and decide what you want. Uh, you have to make the necessary sacrifices I also uh, try to kind of split people's up minds up a lot because there is always, it's always cause and effect, right? There, it, like oftentimes it's in order to have one, you have to get rid of the other, you know, you can't really yeah, do trade off for both, sure. But um, you know, it's just a matter of just, just wrap your head around that quicker and make the decision and move forward with it instead of just kind of mulling about it forever. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and, and the next evolution of that, the next step in that is constant reminders. Like your brain should be so fixed on what you want to achieve that you have very little room to think about anything else. Yeah. Like when you wake up something that triggers the thought that puts you into the next, that thought process of what you're going after throughout the day, at the end of the day, all of that should shape how you think because your environment shapes your thoughts, right? You're going to wake up, people are going to talk to you. That's going to influence your thought. It's going to, you're going to react to that conversation and some of that can be a distraction. So the best way to move the needle is to relentlessly channel your focus to the things that you're after. And I, you know, I do that by, you know, do that by vision boards, reminders in your phone, um, visualization before workouts at, at, at night, um, goal setting, you know, all these routines and habits to keep yourself focused on the exact stuff that you're after. Yeah. That, that stuff is all huge. And again, it's about, I do, th it gets kind of tricky with me when I talk about whether it's more about myself or about other people, because obviously there's a lot of saying, you watch everybody, you know, especially at entrepreneurship, you know, it's supposed to be about serving others and it's supposed to be about this, that, or the other. And I think the biggest kind of catch 22 with that is that like, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not all about yourself, you're not even going to get to the point where you can help others or where people are going to want your help. Like, let's take you, for example, because this is, this is actually exactly what you do. You help other people learn to get themselves in the shape that they want to be in, basically not, not physically, not physical shape, but just in the, physically, yeah. in, the, in the shape of life that they want to be in, you know, whether if that's, they want to, they, they want to be leaders. 
basically. And But that would not work for you if you were not also spending every day improving yourself and doing what it takes to keep yourself fit, to keep uh, keep yourself, you know, mentally strong, all that it, kind of thing. You know, if you 100% starts, it 100% starts the individual. There's this book yeah. called All In, and yeah. they studied, um, you know, the leaders across different organizations. And what they found was that regardless of the organization, the quality of leader became the quality of the organization. They took exceptional leaders and put them over poor organizations and that organization became exceptional yeah. and they did vice versa. So the deduction there is that if we want to improve our, the people around us, we have to get better, right? Yeah. As an individual, you have to get better. I couldn't have, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now years ago. Like there's no way I was still working on myself. I had all types of issues that I was struggling with. And only through the relentless pursuit of development and growth was I able to break through that and, and channel it. Now I can share it with people. So you're right. You have to start with your own, yeah. your own self and work through that. But when, you know, when, you're, when you're bringing that up with the podcast, yeah, it's for other people, but er, there, there's, there's a percentage of the populations that's just like you. Yeah. So you're asking these questions from their lens. There's other guys out there just like you. They're struggling with these same things. And, um, you know, I just, just remember that as you're going and doing this podcast is it's okay to be, you know, selfish in this yeah. podcast endeavor because you're asking questions that these other people want the answers to. Absolutely. And I know that uh, once upon a time, Mr. Andy Frisella, who we keep bringing up, uh, he did one of the episodes of the MFCEO project where he, uh, I don't know what the name of the episode was. I actually never know what the name of those episodes are. The titles are actually very weird, <laughs> but, um, uh, he, he did this whole one on how uh, he said he says the king eats first. You know, a lot of people always say the king eats last, you know, take care of your people first. The king eats last. Uh, he just kind of put a whole new spin on that and said the king eats first. And to make it short and not as effective, probably, but basically his his message behind that was that was what we're saying. You know, you have to make sure that you are in the shape to take care of your people. You have to actually take yeah. care of yourself in order to take care of other people or else it doesn't work. Like I think of like maybe making an analogy to like a lifeguard or something, right? A lifeguard is there to take care of the pool or the lake or whatever, wherever he's lifeguarding, you know, and to help people and save people in the event that that needs to be done. But if the lifeguard doesn't spend his time, you know, if the lifeguard never taught himself how to swim or if the lifeguard, you know, has been lifeguarding for 30 years and hasn't been actually doing anything and got fat and lazy out of nowhere, then that's not good. Like, you know what I mean? You can't yeah, absolutely, man. have to take care of yourself first or else you just really can't take care of other people. It, absolutely. It, start, it starts with you. It's yeah. leadership, leadership is about you. It's about yeah. becoming the best individual you can become and then you can start impacting others. It's just like being shot at in combat, right? Yeah. If I'm getting shot at and, I, yeah. and my buddy gets hit, and I try to go help him, we're both going to get shot up. So yeah. my, first, my first action is shoot back at the guy, get some cover, suppress the enemy, get rid of it, yeah. and then go treat the casualty, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never thought about that. God, the army's got to be like, would you, well, I, I'm sure you would because you still do it. I was talking, like I said, I was talking to my professor a couple of days ago that was in the army. Uh, he was in for 10 years. He was, he was a lawyer. Uh, before he went in so he just practiced law all through the all through his time there but um you know he he just said 
straight up and down, you know, he said joining the, the United States military is the best decision he ever made in his life. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of guys, if not all the guys feel that way, you know, once they go through that. And I guess that's probably the reason why, because you learn things like that. And I think it, it makes you step up to the, just kind of step up to the plate a lot quicker and learn things through less of a, uh, like a forced setting and more of just uh, an adrenaline instinctual setting. Like if you're in a situation like that, where you're actually in battle and you're getting shot at and your friends are getting shot at, it, it just, it just makes you really not have a choice whatsoever to, to learn kind of the right way to do things or not even the right way, but the, just the quickest, most efficient way to do things and actually use your brain a little bit. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, so. Biggest thing the military did for me was just increase my understanding of the world. And it taught me more about who I am, just like you're talking about with combat, you know, being put in that type of situation, it reveals a lot about who you are. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, you can't replace that. But, you know, I do like to say that the military isn't all, adrenaline and excitement you know a lot of guys I, I would say it's like uh um Pareto's principle the 80 20 principle right there's 20 percent excitement 80 yeah. percent day in day out grind which yeah. is a lot like anything else that you're gonna do yeah you know I spent you know I talked about before I joined the army in 2005 and I didn't live out my dream till 2015 yeah. <laughs> you know that's 10 years of, yeah. of putting in the work and just figuring stuff out you know and not stopping so yeah you know, if you're not prepared for the in-between, you're, you're, right. you're not going to make it. Right. And, uh, yeah. It, it's yeah. So, but it's like golf, you know, people don't play <laughs> golf for the walk between the shots, but they love the shots. Yeah. Right? Worth it. So that's a good analogy. I like that one. I'm going to have to use that one more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that is, that is a good point. And it's just, it, it really is like anything in life too. You know, there's, especially nowadays we see the headlines that's all we ever see anywhere with anything. Yeah. Even with people that are on the internet telling you that right now yeah. you're still, you're only seeing the headlines, the montage. And I think, I think the sooner you realize that just the better off you'll be, or the more, the more uh, kind of a, more adaptable you'll be to your own life when you just realize like, Oh, Hey, I do have these headlights, you know, I'm living the same way as everybody else. And right now is not a great time, but you know what? I'm living the same way as everybody else, right? They got through it. I'll get through it. Uh, everybody's situation is different, but everybody's situation is the same at the same time uh, because it, I think it's all mostly just different forms of the same struggles. Uh, some of us might be a little bit more fortunate than others in terms of when things happen or how many tragedies really can strike. But the fact of the matter is they do get to all of us. They shape all of us. And as something so the best or a lot of times actually they're, they're the best things that happen to a lot of people. I know you listen to a lot of people, you know, will tell you sometimes, especially in the entrepreneurship community that uh, there was a time when they just had nothing, nothing whatsoever. And I, I guarantee almost all of them would tell you that, that, that having nothing was the best thing that ever happened to them because it forces you really forces you to step up and either do something about it or just die essentially yeah. like like those are the options at that point i mean you look at huge figures like oprah like there were like she if, if I, i'm not going to go into detail on that if anyone wants to read up on her 
like do it. I did do it a long time ago on this podcast, actually. But, you know, she was in some hot water as a kid, some very bad stuff. And but it's probably the best thing that ever happened to her. You know, people that that have a good life growing up just kind of maintain that good life through the rest of their life. People that have nothing not only want something more, but they want something more and they get a lot hungrier and have like a much bigger appetite for the success so that it's, it's kind of an acceleration thing. If you think of it in terms of physics, you know, someone that grows up through their whole childhood with enough money in the family for them to get by, they go to college, they get a job as a financial advisor because you know, it pays the bills, you know, that's kind of like a car going down just a long highway at, 50 miles an hour and they're just going 50 miles an hour the whole life or on the other hand you know there are people that have nothing and they're they're sitting at the starting line for a few years but then they hit a certain point and they start accelerating yeah it's latent potential it's called latent potential yeah and so and then you know eventually you know they start a lot later this person feels like they're a lot a lot farther ahead for a good chunk of their life but eventually this one's going to come up and just and then after they're gone, they're gone. They're ahead of you, and then there's there's no chance of you catching up after that. Yeah, latent so. potential, man. That's what it's about. That, <laughs> that, that, that's the story of my life is what you just told me. Like I had no <laughs> understanding about the world. We had a TV that was you know had one channel on it that my dad stole from the neighbors. He hijacked <laughs> the table. Like we, we spent all of our time outdoors. I didn't watch sports. I didn't watch the news. I, I we lived off the land. I hunted. I fished. I, that's all I did. And then I got into wrestling. And then I joined the army. And I saw everything. And I was like, yeah. "Holy shit!" And I just started achieving, achieving, achieving. And so once that light goes off in your head, and this is what the world needs to do, yeah. you know, the world needs to wake up from mediocrity. Like, stop yeah. conforming and just go all in on what you want <laughs> in life. And don't stop until you get it. And then master the monotonous. You know, the day in, the day out. Um, it, you know, we talked about the 80, 20 principle. That's one of the hardest things to deal with is the in-between, you know, I was, I was on a run yesterday. I was doing a 12 mile yesterday, trail, trail run. And I'm thinking about the guys that are super wealthy, just, you know, financial freedom and all this stuff. And, you know, most of them are in their fifties right now. And, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm like, man, I, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get there. I'm ambitious. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm upset because I'm not there yet. But I had a moment, I'm like, stop. What do you have that they don't? Right. Like my age. age. I'm like, you know, I'm in my my early 30s. I'm I'm starting my business. I'm having a lot of fun. I'm making an impact. I'm challenging myself. I'm growing. Like this process needs to be satisfying, even though I'm dissatisfied in my results. Right. And that that just continue that throughout the whole, throughout the whole next 10, 20 years, my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, that's why they push. Uh, enjoying the process so much instead of just just the end game because if you don't enjoy the process I mean, you're going to spend virtually all of your time in the process laying out like, like there's going to be a moment where you hit the end game and then and then you're going to have nothing to be shooting for which sometimes that thought actually scares me more it's like what do I do when I get there you know what do I do when I get to the top of the mountain I gotta go find another mountain yeah, it's it's the the ride at the top is full of a bunch of false peaks. So <laughs> you go as far as you can see, and when you get there, you'll see further. That's a I'm playing with my microphone here. Yeah, that's totally true. And um, it's just yeah, that's the way I look at it for sure, and I'm, the way I think a lot of people are trying to look at it. But uh, I think that's that's kind of another angle of the the whole college debate is. You know, I have people out there left and right saying like college is useless. This is useless, useless, whatever. But it's also just like 
people are not enjoying part of the reason I still go to school, even though a lot of times I'm talking about how like you don't really need a degree and you know, don't do this if you don't want to. Part of the reason I'm still doing it is because I enjoy doing it. And like I was saying earlier on, I enjoy learning things and I just enjoy being there. I'm enjoying it and um, I'm not hyper-focused on the end goal that it's going to provide for me because I think I'm going to provide myself the end goal uh, at the end of the day either way. But I do like being there. I do like the process of being there. And then uh, I'm also taking it while I can and while I'm in my 20s instead of, you know, people are always also kind of the anti-college people on the internet are trying to push like, oh, you can always go back. You can always, you know, school will always be there. But it's like, what are you, what are you going to do with school when you're 40? Like, why are you going to go at that point? It's just, you know, might as well go while you can if you want to. And decide decide quick, you know, do you want to go, do you not? Because if you're, if you're someone that really just hated school, I always liked school. To, well, I shouldn't say always. That's not true. But since, like, my sophomore year of high school, I kind of got to a point where I started getting better grades. And in turn, I started liking school a little bit more and kind of trying to pull knowledge into my head. And uh, I decided, you know, like, I like to do it, so I'm going to keep doing it. That's the most important thing that you just said. The most important thing that you just said is that you're putting the blinders on. It doesn't matter what everybody else is going to tell you to do. This is what I like, so I'm going to do this. Like the moment you do that is when everything changes because you will continue that pattern throughout your whole life and that will guide you, right? If you have a passion, it doesn't matter what other people think. I'm going to do that one thing. I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to do that thing. And your life is long and lived in chapters. So you're continuously going to shift and pivot, but developing the ability to not do what everybody, the popular thing is. So right now there's a, there's a popular trend of college is useless. Like people are throwing that up in here and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it depends on the person, you know, it depends on, on the, on the individual, right. And what you're going to get out of it. Who knows? You might meet the, the, the future life. You might meet a a business partner that you guys open up a multimillion dollar a company with it, it, it doesn't matter the, the point is yeah. like blocking everybody out and just doing what is in your gut is the most important yeah. thing that you can do when you're on this pursuit of what's next and trusting yourself to figure it out as you go yeah and one thing i want to emphasize on that too you're absolutely right and when when you and me or anyone says blocking everybody out that means blocking everybody out too a lot of times because where it gets hard for people is basically they don't have a problem, you know, blocking out what their 10th grade math teacher said. They don't have a problem blocking out with the, the valedictorian of their class. So they have a problem, though, blocking out what their parents want them to do, what their grandparents want them to do, what their family wants them to do, essentially. Maybe, like, their best friends. And it's like, at some point, you have to block everyone out and live your life on your terms. Exactly. Here's, and, here's, here's the fact, is that most people are not successful. <laughs> Yeah. Most people, most people are not successful. 99% of the world, I would say is not successful. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, why should you listen to the advice of anybody? Yeah. You know, yeah. that, that common knowledge, like you should just focus on what you want and maybe one other person that has what you want that's ahead of you. Yeah. Make it be your thing because not only you say, you know, 99% of people aren't successful and I, I get your point. I get, I, I'd say that's true. It depends on how you define success, obviously, because, you know, plenty of people are successful parents and successful. This I just mean fulfill, fulfillment in life. Yeah. Right? It's financial. It doesn't matter if it's job satisfaction. It doesn't matter what capacity. I don't mean just money. I, I yeah. mean, 
people that are happy with the life that they've lived, I would say maybe that was a high number, 99% yeah. the masses, most yeah. people are mediocre. And it's, yeah. you ever read about the crab theory? No. So if you stick a, a you put, take a bucket and you fill it full of crabs Yeah. and you have one crab that tries to escape, the crabs at the bottom of the bucket will literally try to pull that crab back down into the bucket <laughs> because it's, it's not normal. It's like, no, what are you doing? Be with us. Yeah. That's people. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You know? And, uh, Oh, is it, is it Grant Cardone that said something like, uh, basically you're only going to get judged by people that aren't on your level or that are below your level basically. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's so true. It, and it's, it, it is almost like, I hate to just go around saying to people like, Oh, you're only scared of what I'm capable of because they're not. But, um, you know, it is kind of like, at the end of the day, to me, it comes down to we could try it or we could not and always wonder what was. So I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm always going to try it. You know, if I, if I'm, if I'm at the end of my life thinking I tried to start 300 different businesses in my life, every single one of them failed. I like, I'd much rather that than be sitting at the end of my life thinking I always had that one idea that I think could have gone far. Maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe it would have. Now we'll never know. Dude, you are so like, far ahead of you're so far ahead of people your age, man. And the rest of the world, your your you, your mindset is better than people that I know in my in their forties and fifties. And the the fact of the matter is that either like one hundred fifty thousand people die a day, right? So every day is a blessing. So we should live day every day yes. to its max. Yes. The other fact is that we're gonna wake up one day, and tomorrow is gonna be our last day. Yeah. Like. We're going to wake up one day and today is going to be our last day. That, that too. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I've dealt with this through deployments, right? Like it's a lot like living and dying over and over again because I constantly say goodbye to people that are close to me and I know it's coming, right? So maybe a year out, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm deploying. I got to say goodbye to my wife for another nine months yeah. or whatever it is. And the anticipation is getting there. The anticipation is getting there. And then that day happens where shit tomorrow I'm waking up and I'm gone. Yeah. So, like that feeling has been in my life since 2005. And I, it's people need to understand like that is going to happen to you in terms of your life. Like you are going to wake up and you're going to be like, tomorrow is done. So what do you wish you would have done that you, you know, yeah. you regret now? What do, yeah. What do you want your highlight reel to look like? Sure. You know, basically. And uh, that, that is something that just got kind of put into me. Uh, not too long ago and I just started thinking more and more about it and I was like I've, I've taught myself to not be afraid of failure I think if nothing else is just I'll go ahead and I'll try just about anything that I think might work if I think it has a one percent chance of working I'll try it because if it doesn't it doesn't what do you do move on to the next thing but if it does then that's that's the goal I mean that's the good thing that's where people want to go so when people see me you know, on, on Instagram, trying to run a business page. So they ask, you know, why are you spending all your time making this content and stuff? You could, what do you, like, I have friends at college that do it. I love them to death, but like, it's just like, they'll be knocking on my door. Like, come on, we got to go to Walmart or something stupid. It's just in between classes. And I'm like, I'm always just like, I'm going to sit in my room and do things that you guys think are dumb but I don't care that you think it's dumb. I'm still going to do it anyway. And that, 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 that circles back into what I was saying too, about how people need to learn to exclude what everybody thinks of your situation. Cause you need to learn to tell your friends, like, 
no, I'm not going out because I want to do this. Or um, another point that I, like I was trying to tell you with the podcast, I want people to just stop lying to themselves because I think what a lot of people don't realize about me when I talk, talk about things like this, about things like this, is I, I don't care what you do. You know, I'm not saying there's a good decision and a bad decision. I just want people to realize that they're making decisions. If you want to go party every Thursday night in college and you want to spend all of your free time in between classes in college playing Super Smash Bros. on the Nintendo Switch, be my guest. Just don't come to me in, you know, 20, 30 years when I'm doing whatever. I'm running, I'm anywhere between running a billion dollar company or just working my nine to five because who knows what's going to happen and ask me like, geez, why do you have this? And I don't because I'm just going to tell you because we did different things with our free time. Yeah, exactly. like, it's a like, math equation. It's a math equation. Yeah. Like, that those guys were living, living in the sum of zero, right? Every single day, <laughs> zero plus zero plus zero plus yeah. zero. Why do I not have a result? Right? <laughs> you're like one, some days are one, some days are tens, right? And you're just like adding it up. Yeah, absolutely. So that just, that just drives me nuts when people do that. I know, I, I know it's going to come about soon enough. You know, I started kind of just playing with online business like a year ago. Yeah, my Instagram is like not growing anywhere near the rate I would like it to be. But at the same time, it's, it's to the point where I have a lot more followers than just any, you know, person that I find on campus at school or anyone that just kind of DMs me and tries to tell me how to run my page that has like 300 followers in a private account. I'm like, yeah, okay. So this, are, you, are you clear about what you're trying to do with your page? I'm trying to get clearer about that because I'm still, I'm still trying to tell myself what I'm doing about that. You know, I'm, I'm perfectly guilty a lot of a lot of the things that I preach, but I'm making every effort to, to get there, you know, and I have made my new, my new kind of campaign to, uh, to work smarter basically. What's, and what's worked really well for you? Uh, actually recently is what has been working the best for me after I uh, changed. First of all, I changed my name of that page to JRP business becoming a lot more clear about what the page is about and um, put also in my bio that it's about working smarter, things like that. Uh, basically it's hard to pinpoint what's worked well for me because sometimes it is just random kind of random things that work well that don't really have much to do with each other. <laughs> well, what, what have you enjoyed the most about it? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I mean, just doing it, just putting a message out there and just knowing that just kind of feeling that energy, like I was talking about before between doing it both for myself and for everybody else at the same time. Cause it's, it's weird. It's, it is a catch 22 thing because I'm doing it for myself in the sense that I want to put things out into the world. I want to create content as opposed to just absorbing it all the time. You know, I want to be on YouTube instead of just watching YouTube all the time. I want to be making things and I want to actually have an impact on someone. And if it's, if it's helping one person, you know, I, out of however many followers I ever grow to on Instagram, um, I'm going to try, I'm always going to try to look at who it's really helping. And if it's that one person, then that's great. That's far more important. That conversion yeah. rate that you're talking about is yeah. the most important piece. Like the moment you get a DM that somebody says, Hey man, thanks for what you're doing. Yeah. That changes everything. Yeah. I, I would just challenge you to allow yourself to keep discovering, which is what you're doing. Yeah. That's fine. You're not going to know until you hit it yeah. and it's going to feel like home once you do. Yeah. Um, you know, the other piece of that is just keep being authentic, keep doing what you're enjoying. 
and don't be, don't forget to, to forget who you're trying to serve, you know, and it can shift. You can change, you can change who you're serving and who you're not. So if, if it's yeah. another Justin that's out there, maybe it's a younger <laughs> version that hasn't came across, uh, you know, yeah. this, this, this world yet, maybe it's for him, yeah. uh, but try to just create one person in your mind that you want to, that every post is for, Yeah. you know, and then yeah. that will really help guide everything. Yeah. Do that whole ideal customer uh, strategy actually I've read about in a book. I can't remember which yeah. one. It was one of Russell Brunson's. I think he does say that for, for, I mean, it's a marketing technique for him more than a self-development thing, but it is, you know, it's like, know your customer. And he actually put an exercise in that book. You know, he said to like draw a picture of them or print out a picture of a person from, from, you know, just a free image from Google images, print it out, give your customer a name, give them a backstory, give them a personal, like make the customer that you're trying to reach. And I think that is something that you can do. And I think that they are out there. People kind of underestimate the, the idea that someone with the same problems as them is out there, that someone the, with the same mindset as them is out there mm -hmm. and they're out there. You know, it's a, it's almost a field of dreams type of thing. Build it and they will come. That's what exactly what I do with my, my, my book, The Whole Man Project. When I was writing it, it was for the younger version of me. It was like the guy that is frustrated and it needs the practical tools of how to better himself. Here you go. Yeah. And that I thought of him every single time I started writing a word. And that, that really just keeps you focused throughout the whole process. And if anybody wants your listeners, yeah, I was just copy, say. they just DM me. Justin sent me. It doesn't, yeah. and I'll, uh, I'll send them over a, a PDF copy of it. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. Where else is that book available? I'm just curious. Are you selling it on? Yeah, so I had it on uh, Amazon um, in uh, December, and I, I basically got told I need to have the Army review it first. So it was like <laughs> it was circulating with with David Goggins and Jocko Willink, and uh, <laughs> like I was getting these texts. Like I sold like a couple hundred copies in in a week, wow. and um, and these guys were like texting me like you know you can you can look it up on. Um, good reads, but you'll see some of the reviews yeah. and stuff. But anyways, um, I got back from that deployment, posted on Amazon, and then the army was like, "Hey, we need to check this out before you publish it." And so uh -huh. that's a whole lengthy process. But I have the PDF copy, which I'm sending people to for free if they send. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So, um, <laughs> but you are in the process of letting them review it and things like that. Like, is the plan to get it back yeah, okay. to where it needs to be? Okay, that's really. It was really circulating with David Goggins and Jocko Willink. I wasn't expecting that. And like, he just kind of subtly threw that in there. Those are pretty, pretty big name people. Uh, oh gosh, I just lost my next question too. I was going to ask you about how were you marketing it? I'm just curious. It. Like you just weren't, people just found this. Yep. Instagram. So I, I did, I did zero advertisements. Um, I, I talked about it. I showed the year that I was writing it, I kept showing clips on Instagram, like, Hey, this is, you know, I show drafts and I show like ideas and concepts and share little things. Uh, so I did that for through throughout last year, throughout the deployment. And I was only posting on Instagram, like once a week at that point. Now I'm posting like every day, if not twice a day. So I was doing that. And then when I got back, I just, I said, Hey, I'm announcing it. I put it on Instagram. I said, Hey, books released. And, uh, in, in that one week or whatever, it was like, you know, a couple hundred copies or something. Yeah. And uh, my buddy like, plays soccer. He plays professional soccer. He's like, yeah, man, this book's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's right there down to, next to recommended reading David Goggins, uh, Jocko Willink. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. So. Yeah, seriously. That's, that's really awesome. What, so what, give us the, 
kind of the specifics on what the whole man project uh, encompasses, like what is in that, but obviously it's going to align with your mission. Obviously it's something along the lines of becoming a better leader or achieving or things like that, but kind of, if you can walk us through like a brief summary of it or like how it's broken down. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's subtitles, the military athlete performance manual. Okay. Um, that's the premise of it. Yeah. I have two sections, um, one dedicated to the body, one dedicated to the mind. And then okay. throughout, throughout the whole book, there's some soul touching stuff on there. So the first half of the book, uh, you know, a couple, maybe one chapter on my story. And then I go into practical tools for decision-making visualization, uh, goal setting. Um, I go through, uh, you know, all kinds of great stuff. Um, how, how to manage yourself. Yeah. Um, and then that turns into the whole man concept, which is a, a concept I created that identifies the things that you think are important to you and analyzes how balanced you are in those areas of your life. So, you know, I broke it down to Epicureanism, materialism, um, your, your profession, your spirituality, and it's a goal setting exercise. So the idea is that you are optimi- you're operating at your best when your pie, your pie chart with all those domains are completely balanced. Okay. So you want to, the, the goal of the program is to identify that, go into goal setting, figure out your weak links, start working at them. And then in the back of the book is a 12 week workout program for the military athlete, but it can be adopted as civilians too. And every week has a mantra for personal development. So the first week is like 1% better. You adopt that mantra into your whole workout for the entire week. And it's like, so you start working out, you start warming up, you, you think of that mindset 1% better. And then every rep becomes about becoming 1% better and earning it. So you do that for the whole week. And then the next week, um, you know, is a focus. It's on uh, disrupt failure or, uh, or something along those lines. Right. So it's anyways, it's 12 steps to work through the whole workout program for personal right. growth. And then the end is uh, success. So that is very cool. And, and you did say at the beginning that you were using that book for your, your coaching program, right? That's kind of like the, the textbook for uh, Conquer Academy, I guess you could call it. Way because it is, I, I do think it's cool the way you're saying it formatted there. It's not necessarily so much like the rest of the self development books you read that kind of tell you how to think, or that, that sounds bad when I say it that way, but they're not, they're not giving you, you know, things. They're kind of saying, it sounds like your book is more kind of saying, well, figure this out, you know, this is how you can figure out what's important to you as opposed yeah. to saying this is what should be important to and, you. It's and, actionable, actionable tools. So for instance, one of the chapters in there is called the battle drill for change. So anytime I get to a point in my life where I feel like th- I need to mix things up and I'm, I'm plateauing, it doesn't matter if I'm in the gym or if I'm, you know, I want some other type of success somewhere else. I adopt the battle drill for change. Right. And one of the, one of the steps in the battle drill for change is practice the opposite. So you do this for seven days where every, you take everything that you normally do and you do the opposite of it. So if you sleep on the right side of the bed, you sleep on the left side. Oh, okay. And then if you get up to go and leave your house and you normally open the door with your right hand, you open it with your left, right? So you do this throughout your whole day. Take one way to, to school, you go the other way. And you do this every, everything, everything that you can think of, you just do the opposite. And what happens is that your reticular activate, I didn't know this at the time, but your reticular activating system starts bringing in the idea of change into your into your body right so becoming conscious of change becomes the priority and you start seeing things differently you start seeing the world differently you start seeing yourself differently 
And then all of your, your old behaviors and patterns are disrupted. And so now you have a new ground to start changing and becoming something different. So that's like one of the things that's in the book is the battle drill for change. That's really cool. And how, what did you say that was? Was it just a day that you would do that or is it? So I, when I coach people, I typically like them to do it for seven days. For seven days? Okay. Um, I, I would do it until you start seeing effects. That's, that's what I would do. And what, what I mean by seeing effects is that you notice that you're seeing things differently. Right. I was going to say, is there, is there a point where you would be, might be doing that too long to the point where this, the new way would just become routine? Like you would eventually want to go back to the, to your actual routine and then probably, and it's yeah. not something you would do like more than once. Would you do it like every couple of months or, so, or would you just do it the one time to kind of shift your brain into thinking, okay, change doesn't kill me. So I do it whenever I'm feeling complacent, whenever I'm not seeing progress. Like if I'm putting in a ton of effort and I'm not right. seeing results, then it's a, right. that's a trigger for me to start changing. And right. if you think about working out, it's a great example, right? If you're, if you're going to the gym and you're, you're seeing some good results for 12 weeks or whatever, and then you hit a, a hit a wall and you're not seeing anything, well, you have to mix it up. So by adopting the battle drill for change, you would go into the gym and maybe you start with cardio. Well, now you're going to start with weights. Right. And maybe you use machines for, for most of your workouts. Well, now you're going to go to dumbbells and, and bench press. So you start doing everything differently to transform your body. But the same rule applies to life. That is very interesting. I, I will try that at some point. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm just trying to think of how I could even apply it in certain, I mean, a lot of certain ways I can't think of how I could apply it. But um, I like the thing you say about sleeping on the other side of the bed, everything. So it's the idea to just kind of try to do everything like in the mirror image of, the way that you would normal normally do it just sort of in a sense just so 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 pick something that's on your desk that's in its right place that's been there for a long time no nothing that's right here right now has been here for a long time my parents keep messing up my room while I'm no. <laughs> but uh <laughs> no i know I, I get All what right. you mean like well, like, well, like, well, like like okay i'll say like at school i have like a, a coffee mug filled with pencils like right right to the right side of my desk so it's the idea here just move it to the left side and <laughs> where from which pocket which pocket do you put your phone in? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, my right pocket. So put it, move it, put it in the left pocket. Yeah, just kind of get your. Wow, that is weird. And then you start thinking about stuff like that. It it actually really screws with you. Like like I can't imagine like getting up in the morning like putting my pants on with my left leg first instead of my right. <laughs> but, but don't don't put yourself into a world of chaos. <laughs> the idea is to create change, right? That's what we want. We yeah. want to say, hey, we want to tell the body stop being the old self let's be the yeah. new self and yeah. to do that it's these subtle these subtle changes yeah, you, know, you can re you can rearrange a room if you wanted to right yeah. that would be a, that would be a, a change but i call it practice the opposite just for uh, simplicity yeah yeah no that makes sense because i was thinking i could have a lot of fun because uh at my at my school i'm in a i don't have a roommate in my dorm room it's still it's a it's a double room it's a room for two people i just just like hit the lottery and didn't actually have a roommate in there so maybe one of these nights when I feel like I'm going to write, I'll just like sleep in the other bed. Or yeah. So here, here's how I came to it. Right. So I spent a really long time when I told you about getting turned down on that house, I spent yeah. a really long time thinking I was doing things right. Yeah. And I got turned down on that house and a light went off and I said, Holy shit, I'm doing things wrong. <laughs> so I, I, I said, everything that has ever been taught to me by somebody else is hundred percent wrong because I'm not in the position that I want to be in at this point in my life. So what that means to me is I have to undo 20 odd years 
of people telling me how to do things and my old way of doing it. I have to undo. That's a lot of work. That yeah. is constant change in the input, what I'm hearing, reading, and seeing. Yes. And then I have to do everything completely different. So that's what sparked it. And um, anyways, it worked. Yeah, that makes sense. And actually, oh, what you just said there about uh, basically that, that moment, that epiphany, that realization that just basically, oh, hey, I've been taught everything wrong or uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I think that is actually, if you had to narrow it down to one thing that can really take a person from like, just kind of coasting through their life to actually wanting to do something with their life. I think it's when they have that realization, like, okay, maybe I don't have everything figured out yeah. or not even maybe just, okay, I don't have, figure, I don't have yeah, everything. Like figured you out. said, most people are lying to themselves. You know, yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. I got this. Nope. You are 100% wrong. I can't keep <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, I, you know, talking to you and talking to, I, I did this weird thing where I put military guys on here two weeks in a row, but, um, so, you know, you don't necessarily have to go into the military to have these life-changing, you know, realizations. Uh, obviously, it does it to most people, and it can really break you down. But the story I tell all this time about myself was uh, I, I just kind of coasted through high school like anybody else, and I was, I was a really good uh, musician. I was in, you know, I was almost state-level, like, orchestral percussionist, things like that. I always wanted to do music and be a music teacher, basically. And I went into college my, my, my first freshman year of college, as I have to call it now, uh, for a music education degree. And what happened was basically I got there. I really enjoyed the first week. And then like the second, third, fourth week, uh, I, I just really hated the instructor. Uh, I realized that he was the percussion instructor, I should yeah. say, not like the band director. Uh, I was hating it. I, I never wanted to practice. I never wanted to do anything. And kind of where this whole shift happened for me is because since ninth grade is when I made that decision through all of high school, I, I decided like, I'm going to go to college to be a music teacher. I'm going to be a music teacher and I'm going to live out my days. Like there was not, there was not really a plan B for me. There was, there, there was just no other concept. It was like all other options were in a different dimension. And, you know, I, I came to that point where I hated almost every class I was in. I was not enjoying every, anything. Uh, I was paying $15,000 a semester to be there hating everything. And so I dropped out. I dropped out a month into college the first time I went. And uh, I got a job. And that's kind of when I got grounded. That was my, my growing up and starting to realize how the world actually works. Because that was my first job. I never, were, I never got a part-time job or anything when I was in high school. Uh, I just kind of coasted right through school and then kept trying to coast through school. But I dropped out, I got a job and started, you know, having to pay for my own things and having to actually get up and go to work every once in a while and um, doing things like that. That's kind of when my life turned around and I was like, shit, you know, and it was also when I realized that I have to start, you know, kind of fending my, for myself here. No one's going to come through and tell me what to do. I have to, I have to figure it out. So I did it's, it's about what you want to create. Yeah. So a lot of people try to find their place in the world and that, that's not, that's not the answer. And it's not there yet. It's, it, it, or it's the opposite. Yeah. Make the world conform to you. Yeah. Right. So you just have to focus on what you want to create and it will populate. It'll, it'll manifest itself. It, it might yeah. take a year, it might take 10, but if you, if you don't, if you're relentless in that pursuit and you give yourself permission to pivot as things change, you're going to get it. It's just a matter of yeah. choice. Like, what do I really want to create? And don't 
worry about so much of, of the perfection piece of like, well, if I decide this, then I have to do this. No, no, no. You right. can pivot. You're going to change a little bit, but just give yourself that ability to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to create this idea and I'm going to, I'm not going to stop until either I get so fed up with it that, well, no, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say just, just pursue it until, until you've exhausted everything that you've had. And I'm yeah. telling you, then go a little bit further and you'll reach and you'll yeah. find it. Yeah. And I do think that people too, when you talk about uh, passions basically and things like that, they were talking about, uh, you can tell the difference between, cause you get fed up with everything. Like there are days you, you don't want, I'm sure there are days you don't want to get up and go to your job or even, you know, there are times when you, when you would really just rather sit on the couch instead of go to your class. There are days or sure as hell days that I get up and think, God, I do not want to create any content today. I do not want to edit this Jeremiah guy's videos. I don't want to do any of this stuff, but like, I think, you know, when you actually are exposed to the difference between like actually hitting to the, some, something to the point of, you shouldn't do it anymore versus having a bad day and knowing that you still want to do the yeah. thing well, and just knowing that you're, if you're aligned to your passions, when you have that bad day, the conviction is going to keep you going. Yeah. So you won't weather the storm if, if, if it's not a deep enough passion. It, that's right. what I mean is like go as far as you can. I, I did this with several different things. Like, you know, I had a couple of online things where some drop shipping shit and um, some other, some other things that I was, I was playing with in business and entrepreneurship. They just didn't stick. Yeah. But the, what I'm doing now will never go away because even on my worst day, it's just like the military, even on my worst day, yeah. I still feel obligated to be there and perform. Yeah. And that's the separator, you know, yeah. that's the separator between is something going to stay with you and is it not, or should you stick with it? And should you not? Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, basically what I, was trying to say is that like, I do think there is something internally, there's some sort of energy that tells you the difference between like, I don't feel like doing this today and I don't feel like doing this ever. You know, it's, it's, there's, there is just something that lets you know, like, even though you don't feel like doing it today, odds are you're going to wake up maybe not tomorrow, maybe even like next week, but odds are there's going to be a time where you do feel like doing it again. There is just something that tells you that. So I think that's a good point. I think that might not be a bad place to end because we've been going for a while now and I'm surprised the internet hasn't crapped out yet and it will soon enough. And if it does, we might lose the whole video. So guys, this is Jeremiah. Uh, if That guy right there, if you will, right now you're seeing me because I'm the one talking. That guy over there or over there, whichever way this video comes out as. and um, Or if you're just listening, he's just the other voice. Uh, he has that book, The Whole Man Project. Apparently, if you want a copy of it, just uh, follow him on Instagram, DM him. Uh, tell them that you found it through means of Justin or JRP Daily or anything of the sort, and he'll send you over a PDF copy of it. And uh, what's your what's your site there if anybody wants some Conquer Academy coaching? Yeah, the link's in my bio on Instagram. It's ConquerAcademyCoaching.com. Uh, for anybody that wants a free 30-minute breakthrough session that's serious about getting to the next level, uh, that link is, is active. Um, so, yeah, just go on there, fill out the application, and, and we'll get rolling. Yep. So that's the application. I'll leave the link to that in the YouTube description, the podcast description, all that stuff too. I'll make sure to put it there, but this has been really fun. I might have him on again. I say that about all of them, but eventually it'll happen with one of them. And uh, yeah, guys, I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to JRP Daily. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review so we can continue to come out with new episodes every day.